You're listening to KPDO 89.3 FM, Pescadero Radio. Estás escuchando KPDO 89.3, el radio de Pescadero. This is the Shields and Talbot show, the Confronting White Nationalism in Schools episode, brought to you by the Southern Poverty Law Center and Western State Center. I'm your host, Cassie Talbot, and I'm going to delve into a little bit of statistics provided by the Southern Poverty Law Center to ground us in this work. Reported hate crimes across America rose by 3% in 2019 to 7,314. There are 51 hate crime murders, and that was the most recorded since the FBI began collecting this data in 1991. Like every year, race-based hate crimes were the most numerous, the vast majority directed at Black people. Anti-Hispanic hate crimes increased for the fourth straight year to 527 to 9% increase and the highest since 2010. Reported crimes against Jews and Jewish institutions increased by 14% to the highest figure since 2008. And hate crimes against LGBTQ people also went up, including an 18% increase in crimes against the transgender community, the highest since the FBI began collecting this specific data in 2013. White nationalist violence is on the rise. Now, 10 years ago, white supremacists were responsible for seven deaths and 21 incidents, and those numbers climbed steadily during the decade, and by 2019, white supremacists were linked to 165 deaths in 336 incidents. But white nationalism isn't the same as white supremacy. So in case these words are triggering, um, let's delve into that definition a little bit more. White supremacy permeates American life, leading each of us to traumatizing acts, big and small, it's one of the foundations of our government, hence the need to realign our legal systems and other institutions that harm black and brown people to a vision of the United States that we all wish we had. But white nationalism is weaponized supremacy with clear intent on the eradication of all non-whites, not the oppression, the eradication. And that's what we're gonna talk about today in the context of schools. So. You may agree or disagree or may not have seen this before, but in many schools around the nation, um, they have experienced bigoted graffiti, young people use racist slurs, young people are susceptible to white nationalists or alt-right ideas. When we hear about white nationalists organizing or signaling, um, whether you feel comfortable responding or not, this toolkit, which I'm going to give you information on, is going to greatly assist that. And we as a community would love to create uh, resources on school site and also as a community and how we respond to a white nationalist presence. White nationalism is a term that originated among white supremacists in the post 1960s civil rights era. So we're gonna delve into a little bit of history context here. While initially used as a euphemism for white supremacy, by the late 1990s, white nationalism emerged as its own distinct ideology with an emphasis on anti-Semitism and the creation of all white ethnostates through violence and policies that increase the vulnerability, criminalization, and removal of minorities and other targeted communities. It's built on an anti-Semitic uh, conspiracy theory um, it seeks to build political power. It trades in misogyny, homophobia, and transphobia in communications and as a recruitment pipeline. 
and it also has anti-immigrant, anti-Black, and anti-Muslim policy goals. White supremacy, um, again, as the a different definition is a system. So when we talk about white supremacy, we mean a system of oppression based on privileging whiteness. It operates at both an individual and a structural level. And the racial animus or hatred is not a necessary factor in perpetuating this system as it would be for white nationalism. So here's some example of white nationalists and alt-right rhetoric. So this was, um, when asked whether he would disavow a goal of maintaining or expanding a European American majority, Bob Dane said, for many, the question of whether a country loses its majority status is a fair question. Another one would be, we encourage our guys to go to young Republicans and start broaching identitarian and nationalist ideas. So Patrick Casey was the American identity movement, formerly identity Evropa. So this is saying that we want to, that they're combining white nationalist with being American, with being a true American is this type of white nationalist. And that we, as we know, is not the case to the America that we would like to see in the future. Another uh, rhetoric, alt-right rhetoric would be this type of tyranny is what forced people to feel that there's no other option than to do something drastic, like take over a wildlife refuge or maintain militias to gather the federal supremacists back. That was John Robertson, uh, Radio Free Redoubt. This is when there were armed protesters taking over federal wildlife refuge in Oregon. How serious is this issue, you may ask? Well, white nationalist ideology envelops and escalates and youth remain a primary target for recruitment. So white nationalism is branching out into music subcultures, online gaming, YouTube podcasts, and more. The Southern Poverty Law Center reported a 30% increase in hate groups between 2015 and 2019 and 940 organizations as of June 2020. And if you're interested in that, you just Google Southern Poverty Law Center hate groups and they'll give you this whole map of all the 50 United States and a breakdown of the hate groups based on which group they're hating, essentially. And this mirrors the increase in hate crimes up 17% in 2017. Hate in schools can be anti-Semitism, Islamophobia, misogyny, anti-LGBTQIA+, bigotry, anti-immigration, anti-Asian, and anti-Black racism. But schools have incredible opportunities to make a difference in the fight against hate because all of our students are victims of this. Students of color are the ones receiving that end of discrimination, and white students are very susceptible to be recruited into these groups, which don't represent the values of families in the United States or in our community. The toolkit is called Confronting White Nationalism in Schools, and it's a toolkit that can be downloaded from the Western State Center, and it's designed to help you with scenarios and ways of responding and how to document these incidents once you see them. Because we have shared values and a school climate and relationship building. And what we want to see in that community is a community and a school that is racially justice forward, inclusive of LGBTQIA plus community. And we don't want to spread any hate more than there already is in the United States. And we definitely saw that with the storming of Capitol Hill just a few months earlier. Our job is to build schools and communities where everyone feels valued and where our students can grow to be engaged members of an inclusive democracy. So before an incident, 
This toolkit even has best practices to, of what to do before, during, and after a school encounters white nationalism and several, several approaches um, to remain vital to the wellness of a school community. And some of those items are keeping students central to the conversations and trust their experiences, avoid an alarmist tone and keep the situation as calm as possible. And for um, kid devices content too. So like kid, the devices that we have or the apps are really hard. I can imagine as a teacher myself, but also as parents to see like what apps do they have on this, um, on their phone and what kind of symbols are used in white nationalism recruitment. And you'd be really surprised what is used as kind of a, uh, a meme or an image or a pitch that really really speaks to some students. And that's where um, we as a community, parents and teachers and family members can come in and uh, notice that before it gets worse. The Confronting White Nationalism in Schools Toolkit is developed into a few sections, an introduction, how to use it, scenarios, proactive steps and best practices, five common defenses of white nationalism, conclusion and resources. The argument that white nationalism have, has is they argue that racial diversity and demographic changes are equal to white genocide. You may hear or see flyers, um, hear information or see flyers that say things like protect your heritage or our future belongs to us. And white nationalists use anti-immigrant, anti-black and anti-Muslim rhetoric focused on crime or terrorism to appeal to fear and prejudice among their audience. These groups also mobilize uh, homophobia and transphobia for similar purposes. And why this matters is all teenagers seek a sense of identity and belonging and white nationalist organizations know this and look for ways to connect with young people in order to grow their base. And it takes vigilance on the part of teachers, administrators and parents to assure that, ensure that all members of a community feel connected in positive ways and are not left vulnerable to extremist rhetoric or recruitment. Some scenarios, that may range on the spectrum would be use of hate symbols or speech, possibly without them even knowing what it means. But for family and students and staff, we definitely wanna document an incident, whatever safely possible, take pictures or screenshots of what you see if it ends up being some physical artifact, report the incident to multiple spaces. So the nonprofits, the school, talk to other parents to see if they've seen this, talk to other adults to see if they've seen this as well. And then we can even further engage in student-led groups um, or community groups to find out what is going on and be, come up with a plan of response. One example of a success story was a swastika was found carved into a library chair with no way of knowing who had done it. The administration removed it immediately and the school's newly formed culture and climate team discussed the incident and brainstormed ways to check in with students who knew it had happened and to be more vigilant about public spaces. The school also implemented an anonymous reporting system to encourage students to come forward with concerns. What not to do as advised by the toolkit is don't ignore the incident or dismiss concerns. While seemingly minor and untraceable, anonymous identifiers are often the first indicators of a nascent and potentially aggressive white nationalist presence. Don't overreact. Uh, punishing the student body as a whole or fixating on identifying the perpetrator may shut down dialogue and render stakeholders reluctant to come forward with future concerns. 
common white nationalist symbols that you may not even be aware of um, is one that are far right memes, which are Pepe the Frog, which is a comic character that was appropriated by the far right online spaces, particularly 4chan. It is now well known as a neo-Nazi mascot. A Wojak or Feels Guy is a meme often used in concert with Pepe the Frog and similar online spaces. There's the Happy Merchant, which is an anti-Semitic cartoon. Images of helicopters, often with people falling from them, have been used by a number of alt-right groups, including the misogynistic uh, paramilitary group, the Proud Boys and anti-communist action. And white nationalist logos, one says AIM, which is American Identity Movement, or the Southern nationalist flag, which is a white circle with you know, a, a black X in the middle a um, logo for Identity Dixie, which is a neo-Confederate offshoot of the alt-right podcast, The Right Stuff, uh, the logo for the Patriot Front, which is a group that uses patriotic language as the public face of an agenda that supports all white ethnostates, and a logo associated with the Daily Stormer, a neo-Nazi website, which looks like a Celtic knot. Sample language for a student Email to a staff member or administrator would be emphasizing the perceived threat to the safety and integrity of your school community. So you can start a message that says, I'm concerned about something I saw at school recently. A classmate said something very disturbing during a discussion yesterday. I'm worried this situation will escalate or a group is meeting to plan a public event. Sample language for teachers on structured assessment of student work and structured discussions. Uh, source material meets established criteria for credibility, lack of bias, use of data, interaction with academic research. Contributions to discussion reflect respect for the identity and beliefs of classmates, and students maintain appropriate academic tone and language. And sample language for administrators to craft policies to obstruct white nationalist presence in schools. Um, here are some examples of existing policy. Uh, clothing is prohibited, which might disrupt the educational process prohibiting use of school networks or hardware to access inappropriate content, exhibiting or publishing any profane, obscene, indecent, immoral, um, or offensive materials. Offensive language and gestures, propositions, behavior, or harassment based on race, color, national origin, or immigration status, sex, gender, sexual orientation, age, religion, gender identity, gender expression, or disability overt display of gang affiliation, and use of any computer, including social networking websites or use of any information technology device to threaten, stalk, harass, bully, or otherwise intimidate others. Now I welcome you again to download this toolkit, um, Western States Center Confronting White Nationalism in Schools Toolkit, and hopefully this episode one, part one, of the toolkit will assist in getting the dialogue and the conversation started, or maybe the purpose was just to listen and to get a little bit more details on hate crimes, the difference between white nationalism and white supremacy, and how we move forward as an inclusive community. Thank you. You're listening to The Shields and Talbot Show, KPDO 89.3, Pescadero Radio. <laughs>